Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is Asked and Answered. Questions. With Tom Opferman and Steelers Digest editor Bob Labriola. Super Bowl 57 is here, and Labs, I, I know you're not a prediction guy. You're not going to pick a winner, and I respect that, but I at least feel like we've got a matchup between, in my mind, the two best teams of the 2022 season in Super Bowl 57 this week. Um, yeah, the, certainly the way you know that is it, that it has turned out you know, down the stretch of the regular season and into the playoffs. Um, you know, there was a time I thought that uh, the Bengals Me too. might have been the best team in the AFC. But, I mean, they, you know, Kansas City beat them head-to-head. And, you know, the Buffalo Bills, the, boy, they, they, they just seem to show a lot more warts um, mm-hmm. later in the season and in the playoffs than I really believe that they had. So, you know, in terms of the uh, AFC – yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, Kansas City and as the Kansas City Chiefs are often referred to on Pardon the Interruption, uh, a dynasty of one. Um, <laughs> so they're the AFC uh, representative and the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles have yes. been, the, in my opinion, the, the, the class of the NFC pretty much wire to wire. More importantly than the game, though, the spread for the big game. Anything, you know, unique in the Labriola household? Anything that's a must-have? Just, you know, the normal run-of-the-mill stuff, wings, pizza, that junk? Um, actually, um, it, lots of finger food, you oh, know. Yes. And, um, the more appetizers, pizza, the better, I think, on a Super Bowl Well, Sunday. that's all there is. Yes. There are, that's all. And, you know, as little if, – if, if you can get through it without using any utensils, <laughs> you know, that's, that's always a uh, – a victory but you know the pizza thing yeah i've given up on pizza years ago i mean it's just impossible Mm. pizza places are just inundated and good point um it's kind of like you know taking your wife out for dinner on valentine's day i mean it's just (laughs) it's it's too much of a hassle um and they're they're under such stress that you know i don't know what the if you can count on the quality that you would get at other times. So, yeah, we skipped the pizza. Lots of dips. Um, <laughs> yes. That kind of stuff. You know, and and truly, uh, I think maybe the only vegetable um, might be the spinach and the spinach artichoke dip. But you, if you drown it out with in enough <laughs> cream cheese and you know that stuff, you hardly even notice that it's a vegetable. I completely agree with that. And even that spinach, you know, sometimes it may, I, ca- I catch too much spinach in that dip bite. I, I cringe a little bit. You know, I got to 
you know, wash it down with a couple thousand swigs of beer and a couple more blue cheese covered wings to, to get that taste out of my mouth. All right, enough questions for me today. You want to hear your questions answered, Steeler Nation. And our first one comes from Matthew Comfer from Salem, Ohio. A quarterback question, of course, and one that I'm very interested to hear your answer for, Labs. Mitch Trubisky's contract runs through next year. Do you believe he will be back? Um, you know, Matthew, as you mentioned, uh, Mitch Trubisky is under contract through the 2023 season. So, you know, the Steelers are in control of his rights, despite what you might have, you know, read or heard about, um, you know, him trying to force his way out or any of that stuff. Um, you know, he has really no leverage. Uh, so, um, you know, put all of that aside, uh, I'd, I'd be keeping Mitch Trubisky through the end of his current contract. And to be honest, uh, if, you know, if things go well, uh, this, this current season coming up 2023, I might start talking to him about uh, an extension mm. to be a backup. So I think that, you know, Mitch Trubisky's future in this league, I've said this before is as a backup. I think he's comfortable in that role and, um, you know, he looked pretty good. Um, doing it in Pittsburgh in the, in the uh, couple of opportunities that he got to do it this past season. And, you know, Kenny Pickett is only going to be going into his second NFL season. And it's important to have a veteran backup behind a guy that's that young. I mean, you can't have your first and second quarterbacks um, both be developing guys because, you know, if, if you need to make a change – for whatever reason, with the starter, you want to have something different uh, as the backup going in. And I'm not talking about different in terms of style of play, but in terms of experience and, you know, um, resume, you know, those kind of things. Uh, so from a football standpoint, it makes perfect sense to keep Trubisky. And the idea that you would get rid of Trubisky or let him go or whatever and then go get another veteran backup to me is stupidity because why, if you have one who's familiar, why would you go get one? Who's not. Right. And, you know, when you look at the financial considerations, you know, Trubisky is due to count like 10.6 million on the cap in 2023. Now, you know, that might seem on the extravagant side, but when you combine it with the fact that Pickett is in the second year of his rookie deal, the Steelers, for their um, number one and um, number two quarterbacks, would only be committing $13.8 million in cap space. And in you know today's NFL climate, that's a very, very reasonable number. And I think that's the way you have to look at it. You can't look at it as um, you know, $10 million for a backup is too much. Well, $13, we'll say $14 million for your first two quarterbacks is a bargain. That's the way, you know, you, you look at it in total. And, and then there's this. You know, during his end-of-the-year media tour in January, uh, Art Rooney II, you know, he's the guy who's actually in charge of all of this. Of all uh, of told, this. Of all, all of this. You, right. me, everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, told Kane KATV, quote, I expect Mitch will be on the roster next year and be an effective backup if we need him. I think he showed that he can be that. We can win with him. So there's that too. Um, I, I don't really expect Trubisky to be a big problem. I don't think he has that in his, you know, personality. And, um, you know, it's not a bad 
not a bad number to be making um, <laughs> right. as a backup quarterback. Yeah, and you know, sometimes a guy like Mitch, you, you understand maybe he was a little hot during the season with how things worked out. Take a couple of months away on a tropical paradise with your wife and your kid and reflect a little bit and maybe, you know, realize I'm a backup now I, and this is my best spot in the league. But he has to realize that too. That's part of the equation. Right. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Brad Smith from Silver Spring, Maryland. With this being Omar Khan's first offseason as the general manager, do you see him being more active than Kevin Colbert in making moves during the draft and free agency? I thought at the time that his trade of Chase Claypool was too aggressive, but that seems to be turning out to be a brilliant move. Okay, let's start with this. And I've said this a couple of times. I'm going to say it again here. Um, The Steelers' business model is not going to change just because there's a new guy with the title of general manager. I mean, the business model didn't change when Bill Cowher replaced Chuck Knoll. It didn't change when Kevin Colbert replaced Tom Donahoe. It didn't change when Mike Tomlin replaced Bill Cowher. And it's not going to change now that Omar Khan has replaced Kevin Colbert. And one of the foundational planks in the Steelers' business model is that neither the general manager nor the head coach, listen up people, neither the general manager nor the head coach operates totally independent of the other. And nobody operates totally independently of that guy I just mentioned in that previous um, answer. Oh, yeah, right, Art Rooney II. So um, let's not lose our mind with... You know, Omar Khan's um, decision-making and a lot of that kind of stuff. I understand that he is uh, he is um, a, a voice, and it's, and it's not an insignificant voice, but it's just a voice. I mean, Kevin Colbert didn't operate uh, autonomously. And I believe in some future year, Kevin Colbert's going to be discussed by the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame Board of Selectors. So, you know, let's not, I've, you know, people, some Steelers fans, you know, they're, they, they, they have come to some um, belief, you know, that Kevin Colbert was just some guy uh, that was occupying an office over there. I mean, uh, Steelers won a lot of games, made a lot of playoffs, won a couple of Super Bowls. And um, so let's not forget any of that. Uh, and think that, you know, you can just put anybody in there to replace him and change everything that was um, working pretty effectively under his tenure. Um, some There will be some changes. I'm not saying there's not. But the, the foundation hasn't changed really since 1969. And um, that's that's the way it is. Ralph Jamison from Morgantown, West Virginia, asks, As soon after the season ended, I saw an article with quotes from Cam Hayward where he said he would like to come back next year and was not holding anyone hostage. I didn't realize there was any question about Cam's return. I thought he was under contract for a couple more years. 
Did I miss something? Are there rumors that the Steelers don't want to pay whatever his cap hit is on the last years of the contract? Okay, um, just a little housekeeping. Cam Hayward will be 34 years old in May. He's under contract through the 2024 season. Uh, salary cap hits will be in the $22 million range for each of those 2023 and 2024 seasons. Um, so that's a little bit of you know some basic facts. Now, my personal opinion is I, I cannot imagine a realistic scenario where the Steelers are not interested in honoring the rest of that contract, and they maybe even consider extending it a little bit beyond that if both sides are interested, but that's for down the road. Um, you know, based on the way Cam has been playing and, and producing, it's clear to me that he remains an integral part of the defense and maybe the critical component of the locker room dynamic. There is not a more influential voice presence uh, in the Steelers locker room than Cam Hayward. So, you know, Cam says he doesn't want to hold anyone hostage. I mean, that's to me, is his way of letting everyone know, including himself, um, that he needs to and plans to work hard during the offseason, just as he always has. You know, he's not like cruising. He doesn't have senioritis, as they say nice. in high school and college. Okay? So, um, you know, Hayward had, again, in 2022, 20, uh, double-digit sacks. He has 78 and a half sacks, and he's just two behind James Harrison's 80.5 for the all-time franchise record. Okay? So when Cam Hayward's career is over, and I again, I cannot imagine a realistic scenario when it doesn't end with him as a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, I identify Cam Hayward as one of the significant players in franchise history, both for his contributions on the field as well as his work in the community. And so, um, Ralph, fear not. Um, Cam Hayward will be wearing number 97 in 2023. Um, uh, I, I, I would guarantee it, but you know, that's in life, there's not a lot of guarantees, but, uh, I'm, I'm very, very confident of that. Stefan Pisaki from Wilmington, Delaware asks, I think Gunnar Oshevsky might, may be the best blocking wide receiver since Heinz Ward. Oof. What is his current right. contract situation? And do you think the Steelers will retain his services for this foreseeable future? Okay, Stefan, I mean, let's dial it back on the comparisons to Heinz Ward, okay? Um, you know. Couldn't just say he's a good blocking wide receiver? Had yeah, right, the right. Heinz Ward yeah, right. God, that's the thing with uh, fans these days. You always got to take it to the, <laughs> you know, nth degree right off the bat. Pickett's but, the next Marino. <laughs> uh, Gunnar Olszewski signed through 2023, okay? He carries a $2.6 million cap hit for the coming season. Um, this is about Gunnar Olszewski. I mean, and I don't mean any disrespect for him. I really do not. But he's the kind of player who's going to have to compete for a roster spot on an mm -hmm. NFL roster every summer he's in the league. Okay? And to his credit, he seems to understand that. And because he does, I believe that enhances his chances of remaining with the league, in the league and remaining with the Steelers. Now, whether two point six million is too much or not, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know, but um, yeah, I, I think that as a special teams player, um, a, a, um, a return guy, you know, a, an extra receiver, you know, he certainly 
an asset on the roster. But um, dial it back on the Heinz Ward stuff, okay? Yeah, and as, as far as the blocking goes, no one's blocking like Heinz out there anymore. It just doesn't happen in the league. But the one receiver, and Gunner's a fine blocker, I'm sure, but the one receiver from last year that really jumped off the tape to me blocking-wise was George Pickens. I mean, there were several DBs that ended up on their butts last year because of Pickens. Yeah, Pickens, he likes to play physical. Yeah. And um, that's uh, that's another reason why he's a good fit with this team. Um, and I don't know that there's ever been a receiver who blocked like no. Heinz Ward. Certainly, <laughs> uh, I don't know that any of them have any rules named after them, that's for sure. Rob James from Stockton, California. In a previous Asked and Answered, you noted that the Steelers traded Mike Merriweather to the Vikings for a first-round pick. He was one of my favorite players as a kid. Why did they trade him? Well, um, back in 1988, Mike Merriweather's agent decided to butt heads with Dan Rooney. Mm. uh, And had his client client hold out uh, instead of participating in team activities. Uh, during the negotiation that was taking place or would have taken place during his client's option year. Okay, now, back in those days, the Steelers always put an option year on a player's contract, and during that option year, they would negotiate for uh, a contract extension, but the option year required the player to attend, um, you know, mandatory team activities. So... The thing was, if you if you hold out during your option year, Dan Rooney cut off all negotiations. So that was it. <laughs> um, and, you know, you just didn't get into a war of wills with Dan Rooney when it came to the way the Steelers handled their football business. That was a losing proposition for everyone who tried it. Um, you know, and certainly Michael Merriweather, was not, gee, I don't know, Franco Harris, um, <laughs> also whose, agent al- <laughs> whose, whose agent also tried that, and it didn't work. So the holdout ran through training camp into the regular season, uh, and it never really ended until he was traded to the Minnesota Vikings. That's why he was gone. Daniel Mazenko from Lidditz, Pennsylvania. There seemed to be an awful lot of very low-scoring games throughout the NFL this season, not just the Steelers games. Was this the lowest-scoring Steelers team since the advent of the 16-game season? If not, what was the record of the Steelers team that scored fewer? Okay, well, I'm just going to give you the total points scored now because we're also working with a change in the number of games because the 2022 Steelers finished with 280 points, but they did it in 17 games. The NFL's first 16-game regular season was 1978. So since 78, there have been two Steelers teams that scored fewer than 280 points. Now, also, Daniel, you got to understand that there were two strike seasons between 1978 and 2022. Um, in 1982, there was a, a strike reduced the regular season to only nine games, so that really doesn't even compare. Mm-hmm. And then in 1987, instead of 16 games, they played 15. So that's that skews it a little bit too, but anyway, um, the nineteen eighty nine team in sixteen games scored two hundred sixty five points, fewer than the two eighty. Eighty nine Steelers finished nine nine and seven. They upset the um, 
Houston Oilers in overtime in the Astrodome, the wild card round, and then they lost to Denver by one point. Denver was the eventual um, AFC champions that year. They lost to Denver in the divisional round in the playoffs by a point. Uh, the other team, the 1998 Steelers, scored 263 points, which was a couple less than the 89 team, and the 79, or excuse me, the 98 team finished seven and nine. Brett Billick from Campbell, Ohio. What is the difference between the common draft that started in 1967 and the draft prior to 1967? Okay, uh, jumping in the Wayback Machine, uh, there was a time when there were two drafts of college football players. Uh, that was in the early 1960s. The National Football League held its, uh, its own draft. The American Football League held its own draft. And so each of those leagues held its own draft, and then they would compete to sign the players. You know, players were drafted by both leagues a lot of times. And that got really, really expensive. So in 1966, there was a merger agreement between the NFL and the AFL. And so starting in 1967, one of the first things to come out of that merger agreement was uh, the two leagues combined for what came to be known as the common draft, where all the teams in both leagues uh, would ha- would combine and have one draft, and then then and that eliminated all the financial competition among the teams to sign players. So then, uh, that's why it was referred to as the common draft. Then, as as the NFL became more homogenous, NFL AFL was less and it became NFC and AFC. Right. We got into the early 70s. Uh, the word common was just dropped from the description. H.C. Petley from Cortez, Colorado. What was the reasoning and wherein lies the value in trading away Chase Claypool? It's old news, but what was gained? Anything? Well, let's just look at the draft capital that's involved. Uh, you know, the Steelers used uh, the 49th overall pick in 2020 and they pick Chase Claypool. They traded him, and now they're going to be getting the 32nd pick in the 2023 draft as compensation from the Bears in that trade. Now, you know, that's a significant uh, gain right there because the difference in terms of the what might be available 32nd overall and what would end up being available 49th overall is pretty significant. And so um, there's that. And uh, in my opinion, uh, George Pickens already has shown himself to be better than Claypool. So there's a, there was no substantial on-field loss right. as a result of the trade. Steelers got a better, you know, it's not that it's not that uh, often. You know, it's like buying a car and driving it off the lot. And then you drive it for, I don't know, what, two years? If you can sell it for more than you got it for, how often does that happen? Never. Never. <laughs> so this is kind of the same thing. I mean, I don't want to compare a player to a you know piece of machinery, but as an asset, um, you know, an NFL player after a couple of years in the league, injuries, et cetera, et cetera, his contract status, um, you know, the, his value might can be looked at as being less than it was when he, he was a rookie. So in this instance, the Steelers are getting more back from a uh, player that they've already used up a little bit, for lack of a better phrase. 
And our final question today comes from Mark Resnick from Henderson, Nevada, and he asks, after every season ends, the Steelers sign players to reserve future contracts. Can you please explain what these are and who they apply to? Okay, reserve futures contracts, um, they allow teams to sign players now or when as soon as their season is over. And then <clears throat> because in the in the regular or in the off season, the salary cap only counts top 51. See, roster at the end of the season, rosters go from 53 to 90. But because you have 90 players, the for the purpose of purposes of the salary cap, only the top 51 salaries count. And that's how you you stay under the cap. Okay. So you can sign futures players and add them because the roster expands to 90 players, but they don't count uh, on the cap until um, probably really not until the, the rosters are cut after training camp, because the reality with these guys who sign reserve futures contracts is they're not really highly paid. Right. I mean, they're, they're guys who are either we're on end of the season on a practice squad Maybe they were not on a roster. Maybe they were out of the league. So those kind of guys, they're not going to command a big buck. So you can sign these guys, really, and they don't count on your cap because they're not among the top 51 salaries. Um, and then they really don't count on the cap at all until uh, the rosters are cut and if they make the roster. So, you know, they're not big money contracts, reserve future contracts, and future contracts are not typically signed by high-profile players because high-profile high-profile players usually are on a roster. They're not on a practice squad or you know that kind of stuff. That'll do it for today's edition of Asked and Answered. Enjoy Super Bowl 57. Depending on when you listen to this podcast, it might just be a couple hours away from kicking off. So enjoy the Eagles and the Chiefs. And Labs and I will be back again next week with some fresh questions to answer here on Asked and Answered. Fly, Eagles, fly. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.